Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What is up, everybody? Welcome into Saturday with Smoltz, where the Hall of Famer for the Atlanta Braves joins me every single week. And what just happened for him was the London series. He was over there for the Cubs Cardinals London series. And we'll talk all about that. The golf he's played while over there, which is some of the best golf in the entire world. Um, His craziest travel. I know he never went to London in his career because, well, they didn't have a London series. But he has a crazy travel story himself. The Cardinals were a part of that series against the Cubs. And the Cardinals are one of, if not the biggest disappointment so far this year. So... After watching them up close and personal, I want to ask John, what are the Cardinals doing? What are they going to do at the trade deadline? Do they really become sellers? Are they buyers? How are they going to go about that? Also, the bulk rule. We've had a lot of conversations about this over the last week or so because of the Ryan Stanek bulk that ended up losing the game for the Astros against the Dodgers. Does the bulk rule need to change? Uh, So that ends up being a good conversation as well. And the Cincinnati Reds. I love this team. I talk a lot about the Reds. We saw their 12-game win streak end up losing to the Braves in that series, but the place was packed. They're a blast to watch. I'm going to ask John, what are the Reds' chances of winning the NL Central? Can they win it all and get into the playoffs? And also, Ellie De La Cruz. We heard Joey Votto say Ellie De La Cruz, his only comp is Mickey Mantle, a young Mickey Mantle, which is crazy to even think about. But I'm going to ask John who his comp for Ellie De La Cruz would be and just how good he thinks he is. So this is going to be a blast of a conversation. Without further ado, let's welcome in now John Smoltz. Five ball, onto the track, at the wall, it's gone! Home run! Turns on a ball, deep right field, and gone! What a game, what a moment. All right, let's welcome him in now as we do every week. Hall of Famer, John Smoltz. And John, we don't every week record this on Saturdays, but it comes out on Saturdays. We record it earlier in the week. And as of now, you are still over on the other side of the ocean, is that true? Yeah, I'm on the other side of the pond. I'm in Scotland at Turnberry. And uh, first time really getting to play the prestigious golf courses all along this coast. And we we got the full experience today. 25 on our winds and rain all day. <laughs> My shoes are soaked. Everything is absolutely so but we had a great time uh so you're over there of course for the london series that just took place last weekend and i guess first what was your favorite part this year of the london series well it was believe it or not a little less crowded the the three years pre previously every single big event was in london and it took forever to get anywhere uh so it was a little less crowded it is a um it's similar to New York City as far as the amount of people that walk and the things that you can go and do and see. Obviously, there's a lot of history over there that we don't really have in the U.S., but the stadium is a pretty great venue, and 54,000 people seeing a game with a lot of adrenaline and fever pitch for the game of baseball because it's different. 
Uh, I think the players fed off of it, especially the winning players fed off of it. (laughs) Would you, I think the fan experience was really cool to watch it on TV, uh, to, to see everything take place there. But as a player, if you were still playing, would you have enjoyed going overseas for two games to, to play in this series? I think knowing before the season what it was going to be like and embracing it, it, it would be a great opportunity of something you never get to do. Uh, having those two days off, I would enjoy them. But you have to have the right attitude because if it's a burdensome, Look, you're creatures of habit. It's a long season, and you're used to going to a city for three days and moving on to the next. This is unique. And so for some, if they don't have good outings or good at-bats, it probably would be a little more irritating. But I think generally most of the players have enjoyed the experience. The one tough part, an ancillary part to the trip, is I think from the airport to the city, it takes each team in a bus about two and a half hours oh. to get in. So that that is a little much. There's no um, no such thing as a police escort in London. <laughs> so uh, the teams had to kind of just navigate the schedule or the traffic the way it was. You were on the call. You got to watch the Cardinals up close and personal. And I know they ended up splitting the series. First game, not pretty. Fall behind quickly. Second game, they fall behind quickly as well, but end up coming back. But this Cardinals team, for me, there's a few disappointments around Major League Baseball so far this year, and the Cardinals are at the very top of that list as well, and dead last in a not very good NL Central. John, what what do the Cardinals do? Do they buy? Do they sell at the trade deadline and just admit this season's a fiasco? What do you do if you're the Cardinals? Yeah, I don't think you can sell. I mean, they have too much invested in the corner infielders and uh, the catcher. They have to uh, be more consistent on the mound. They got to find some hot pitchers. There's no doubt about it. And when they don't have some hot pitchers on the mound, they're going to have to hit. This offense can hit. And for whatever reason, they got cold at the wrong time. I still believe that this division is winnable. I think, though, that they have to start proving they're not going to go into funks, either offensively, defensively, or in the bullpen. So there's a lot to sure up. There's no doubt. And in the beginning of the season, I was a little concerned about their depth and their rotation and what their bullpen can do and so far it showed itself so i think if they can get to seven or six games by the all-star break i think you'll see the the st louis cardinals be all in to try and chase down i know a lot of teams but they got to feel they're better than three of them and if they don't get it done this year then it's all on them in the sense that they just didn't put all of it together with um, the assets that they have yep Well, the series was a lot of fun to watch. As you mentioned, the travel is a little crazy. And I know you never in your career traveled to London because this series didn't happen. But throughout your career, when I ask for your craziest travel story or travel day, does one come to mind? Yeah, 1996, the Olympics in Atlanta, we went on a 21-day road trip. Um, (laughs) 18 of those games we played, I think we had three total days off. It was a packing nightmare. Uh, but the Olympics were going on, and I remember just, you know, once we left, we weren't coming back anytime soon. <laughs> so I think we survived that that road trip as a team. Uh, we lacked some of the um, dressing codes, if you will, because of it just was too much. We had to wear a suit everywhere we went on the city. But I think on that road trip, we were able to have some jeans and uh, not have jackets everywhere we went. But that was that was uh, an interesting challenge when you're on the road that many days 
especially when the Olympics is in your city. I didn't even think of that, but the Olympics are coming to L.A. here in a few years. Are, are the Dodgers going to have to do the same thing? I would imagine so. There's going to be nowhere for them to play. Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't think. Uh, they, they probably will have one of those long road trips, which for them oh. will be very interesting unless we've got some kind of realignment divisions by then. But, you know, it, it's definitely something when your city gets a uh, – gets a bid like that and and gets the Olympics your 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 baseball team is is going to have to uh navigate uh on the road. <laughs> John, there was a game the other day that brought up a conversation for me that I've thought of a good bit over the last few years, but the Ryan Stanick Houston Astros Dodgers game, the game ends up the winning run comes in on Ryan Stanick's balk which his knee did slightly twitch before he stepped off so by letter of the law it was a balk and that kind of sped up this question for me one that I want to ask you do you like the balk rule as it currently sits do you think we need to change the way that we view a balk you know it's interesting when I was playing they wanted to call the balk for right-handed pitchers who had the jump move to first I got called for like six or seven in two weeks because of the rule is so subject for right-handers. I've never understood that one. Left-handers obviously have all the advantage in the world. They probably balk more than anybody. It's hard to determine where that knee goes. But when you twitch and when you have an unnatural movement, that's usually something you recognize as a pitcher you can't do. So it's unfortunate, kind of like dropping a ball. You know, if you come to set and drop a ball, that's going to be a balk. Anything that's unnatural to kind of deceive the runner, you know, is the theory or the the rule. Um, whether they compromise somehow or not, I don't know if they can. It's such a disparity between left-handers and right-handers on moves to first and, you know, the whole idea of box. Well, that's kind of my thought as well. You know, the rule in itself, in essence, is just to alleviate – um, tricking the runner, you know, giving the runner a fighter's chance. But if you're a lefty, you can lift your leg like you're going home and then pick over to first base. Righties don't really have that luxury. And in fact, what they used to be able to do was the third to first move, where if, if there's a runner on third, you can lift your leg, pretend you're throwing to that guy, and then turn and throw to first. They took that away for righties. So the difference between being a righty and a lefty and what is allowed and what isn't allowed for a balk, to me, is just kind of, it leaves me and a lot of people scratching their heads. No doubt. And that has always been the case. That's why I said if you're left-handed, you're breathing, and you can throw strikes, <laughs> it's a good thing. John, the the Cincinnati Reds we saw go on a 12-game win streak last week, and that came to an end against the Braves. They won the first game against the Braves, uh, end up losing that series. But I walked away – more impressed with the Reds because I'm already impressed with the Braves. The Braves are great. They're the best team in the National League, and the Reds put up quite the fight and looked like a really good team. Uh, first question about this Reds team is, are they are they legit? I mean, could we see them win this NL Central against some teams? I mean, the Cardinals have a lot of ground to catch up. The Brewers were one of the favorites to win the division. Could we see this Reds team win the NL Central? Uh, possibly. I think their offense has been really, really good. I think their pitching needs uh, some strength and needs some numbers because they don't have enough starting pitching to finish the year based on innings limits. So they're going to need some help in that department. Hard to score seven runs every game. They're doing a good job in that streak. Um, and I think they caught fire at the right time to give themselves hope. I think they're ahead of the curve. It'll be interesting to see what management does come all-star break 
when they're in an opportunity for fighting for a playoff spot. So I like the Reds and their offense. I just don't know if they're on, their pitching can match it. That's going to be the question. And it looks like when you're developing a team to get ready for the future, when you thrust yourself into the playoffs, you put a lot of pressure on that uh, general manager and the team that's uh, going to make some decisions, tough decisions, when the fan base would like to see you go. They've got some dynamic young players, and uh, that, that, that has kind of given them some energy. We've had this conversation a lot over the last year or so, I feel like, with different teams. But I, I'm, a, I'm in agreement with you. When you're ahead of schedule – Go for it. I mean, don't. there's not much yeah. of a window. Don't believe in the 10-year plan. When you're ahead of schedule and it's clear and obvious you need pitching, don't sell your whole farm system, but go for it. Make some moves. Be aggressive. I think that's, that's generally what most people would say because the percentage of guys that are in your farm system, that all they're not all going to hit. So you've got to play that game a little bit. And you've yeah. got to be able to have some risk-reward. I don't think you give up a ton to get what they need. There's going to be enough teams that are going to willing to take just anything for certain pitchers. They need some arms. Um, it, whether or not they get an impact arm, I, that's probably a little far-fetched, but they just need a few more arms yeah. so that they can get it to the end of the goal, goal line. One of the guys that has come up and proven, at least over a short period of time so far, that he is going to be a stud is Ellie De La Cruz. This guy is the real deal. I've loved watching him. John, who does Ellie De La Cruz remind you of? You know, there's a guy I couldn't get out for the Cincinnati Reds. His name was Eric Davis. <laughs> and he's lanky, hit for power, speed, could do it all, played the outfield. I think there's a little bit of that, um, maybe even a little bit of Vladdy or Guerrero uh, Sr. So I, I think those two are a good comp. But uh, Eric Davis, as soon as I saw him play, um, and the fact that I couldn't get Eric out, I, he reminded me a lot of uh, De La Cruz, and I think uh, the sky's the limit, of course, his speed and power combination with the different style of baseball. It's going to play well, especially in that ballpark, and if there's anybody that can get triples, that's not a triples ballpark, it's a home run <laughs> hitting ballpark, but he can get triples in that ballpark too. I don't think Joey Votto is one to just throw things out there for the sake of stirring up a conversation. But he said the other day when asked about Ellie De La Cruz that the only comp he can even think of is a young Mickey Mantle. And that is a crazy thought to think about. Switch hitter, all the speed in the world, a lot of power. And he went on to say that's not fair to him at all, but it's the only comp I can even think of, and we're lucky to have him in Cincinnati. Well, they are lucky to have him, and that is a strong comp. He's going to grow into his body and he's... He's going to get strong. I don't know if there anybody can live up to that, but if in today's day, the power and the young, uh, just the dynamic talent that young players have been ready to to make an impact early in the game, it's 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 impressive to watch when they come into the greatest game, you know, highest league, and really are doing their thing. You heard it here first. John Smoltz thinks Ellie De La Cruz will be Mickey Mantle. <laughs> John, thanks so much for joining me, my friend. Travel back safe. Where are you at uh, this weekend? I'll be in St. Andrews this weekend, and uh, then I get back to get ready to finish out the first half of the season, which has been an interesting one. Some great surprises and some great disappointments, and can't wait for the second half. I'm excited. Uh, we'll talk to you next week. I'll see you in Seattle, and we'll talk all about your 66 you shot at St. Andrews. All right? That would be fantastic. <laughs> John, thanks so much, my friend. You got it. All See right. Ya.
All right, thanks again to John Smoltz for joining me. Always a blast of a conversation. I just walked away extremely jealous that he's going to play St. Andrews. So we'll talk all about that experience next Saturday for Saturday with Smoltz. But uh, I didn't even think about the 21-day road trip, the the Olympics taking place. That was their craziest road trip with the Braves. But I didn't even think about how the Olympics are coming here to – the Dodgers might have to experience the same thing. I don't know if it's going to change or what they'll do, but – That's a really interesting thought that popped into my head, so I'm glad I asked him about that. Always a blast of a conversation. Wanted to thank you all for listening. Make sure you subscribe anywhere you listen to your podcast, Apple, Spotify, wherever. We're also on all social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and you can watch everything on YouTube at Flippin' Bats Pod for all of them. Thank you all for listening to this Saturday with Smoltz episode. Until next time, my friends, peace.